0: Hey, it's Josh Carey, the hidden entrepreneur. Why is that? Well, I spent 40 years hiding. That's right, showing up in every situation, hiding my true talent, my true ability in exchange for seeking the approval of others. No more of that. I'm now on a mission to help those do exactly what you've always known is possible. This is how it's done. Here we are, sitting down with Jennifer Trask coming to us from Toronto. I don't know why I feel that's an important part of the introduction. <laughs> uh, you are the founder and creator and head coach, of course, of the joyous journey, membership and
1: community. In your own words, Jennifer, please tell us what is that? The Joyous Journey, well, is a membership and community to help coaches joyously build a profitable and sustainable business.
0: You obviously are deliberately using that word joyous. Do you find that a lot of people in your world are just missing
1: that? 100%. Once they come in, they get a piece of it. and then they, I think entrepreneurs in general, not just in the coaching world, but they, they they, ha- I think they have, this is what I call it. It's like you have, as, or as I've seen it, you have a lot of joy in the beginning. And then when the enough time goes by and the reality of business, which is that it is not as sunshines and roses and, and unicorns, it starts to set in. Then the hustle mentality starts to come in. And then that's what decreases the joy. And then people get stuck in a rut Um, and forget that actually joy is the name of the game and the thing that's going to help them grow their business.
0: How does someone like you work to inject joy into not only their business, but I'm guessing it has to start in their life, does it not?
1: It absolutely does because that, to me, business is like a business. There's really no, there's no separation especially in a coaching business because you are the business (laughs) and you are the coach. People want to do business with people. Yes, they know they can trust, but that they enjoy that they want to be around that. they and, And when you're hiring a coach, you usually hire a coach because that coach has something you do not have and you want a piece of it. And so I think being able to, you have to embody that. You have to embody the thing that you're selling. And it can be really easy to get, it's sucked into the gravity and the difficulty of business because we're going to call a spade a spade. Life as an entrepreneur is not always easy. However, you have to learn how to be good with the uneasiness and really just tap into the, the goodness and the joy and the fun and all that. And when you know how to do that on a regular basis, number one, business gets a lot better and more fun. And then number two, you permeate it out, you call it out, and you call it back in. So I hope the, that answers your question. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the answer I gave. <laughs> oh, it does.
0: Okay. It answers it clearly. So your role is to inject joy into businesses. How do you then go about marketing and attracting the right people who can self-identify and raise their hand and say, No joy in my life and business? I want to work with
1: I talk I actually talk a lot about how I'm like the anti hustle coach. Like I'm never gonna tell someone you need to work all the time and you should do that and you should do these marketing things even though you want to pull your hair out instead of do them. I believe there's enough enough ways to market yourself today because of technology that you do not have to do marketing things that you do not like because I think your fastest path to bad marketing is doing just a whole bunch of stuff you despise or just feel really about. And also some people think that Marketing has to be sleazy or bad. And whereas I focus on no, your job is to put out what you have and understand that you're giving people information so they can make a good decision. This is not about forcing someone to work with you or being sleazy or bad or, <laughs> or any of that. And in fact, I think the the coaches that do the best job selling, and, have the happiest clients are the ones who just sell easily and authentically because they're just confident in what they have they know how to talk about it and they know who it's right for and therefore your job as a coach if you're really good at what you do and you can really help first in front of you your job is to help them see that as best as possible so they can make the best informed decision yeah. like that's just being a good person <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> What were you doing
0: in life and in your profession prior to creating the Joyous Journey community? I've
1: been in the coaching consulting advisory world for 12 years, and the Joyous Journey is two years old. I started coaching coaches in 2012, so I've been doing it for a while. But before all of that, in back in like 2007, I was working in the corporate world, which is where I realized, no. <laughs> <laughs> we do not want it. And I, I knew I wanted to do work that was really meaningful and that helped people be happy. And I didn't really know about the coaching world yet, but I ended up making my way there through a story that would take longer than the 20 minutes we got for this podcast. I, I discovered like the self-help world. I have a two business degrees and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I married business and self-help together. And well, the rest is to say history. That's how I kind of got here. That's the very, very short version. <laughs> so tell
0: me a little bit of a longer version. In, in the 90s and the 2000s, what was your life? Like?
1: I had went to university, got my business degree in marketing. I Then I like went galvan, you know, I lived in Australia and Europe, a place like that. And then when I got my first, air quotes, real job, I moved to Calgary, Alberta. Um, I was working in sales and for a cosmetic company and six months in, I was like, I don't have a love or desire of cosmetics to any degree. I barely wear any. And so I knew that wasn't it. And what happened, my dad, who was an entrepreneur, he's no longer with us. He had said to me, Jennifer, you should go get your MBA because you'll give you time to think, you'll learn, and it'll be useful. Like you, it's a win basically. And I was like, okay, that sounds pretty good. So I went to MBA school And the irony in MBA school was the two best things that happened there was not the course stuff. It was actually the mentor that I got in the mentorship program because she introduced me to Abraham Hicks and similar speakers like that and authors. And she also said to me, Hey, there is this conference coming to town. You should go. And at this point in time, I'd never been to any self-help ethic. And I was like 20 five or six or something Anyways, And I was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. And I, cause I had heard of some of the speakers because I grew up in a household where like my dad had Tony Robbins cassette tapes and some of the other Brian Tracy and like these types of people he had like they when I was a kid. So I decided to go. And when I was there, I, I loved it. And when the, the keynote speaker came out, it was like the whole world went quiet. And I was like, Oh my God, that's what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. I just want to speak and make people happy and change the world. This is exactly what I was supposed to do. And meanwhile, I had no idea like how I would do that. How do you be a speaker? What did I have to say? I just knew that I was supposed to be there and I was supposed to see that. And I knew I just want to spend my life helping people be happy. And that was the beginning of The journey that then led into my first business, which kind of led into consulting, which led into coaching, which led me here. The being happy is obviously a
0: theme here. Were you as a child, were you happy and wanted to continue that or were you unhappy and vowed to find a way to be
1: happy. I I had a re- I was very lucky. I had a very good childhood and I grew up in a very happy home. Like anyone, like I was bullied in school and I think everybody goes through something, a version of that to themselves. And so I had issues with self-worth and weight, but that came from like kids, not, I had a good family stability going on. And yeah, and so I think it's funny, c- hindsight of course is 2020 and I look back and I remember my childhood bedroom and I was really into sports. I was very into volleyball and I was like always on three teams. We were always traveling and playing national and all this stuff. And I would have volleyball posters that I handmade that had like motivational quotes on them. And I was uh, coaching volleyball teams when I was a kid too. And, and my dad was a, was, is, was a mentor and, very motivating and always saw the best in people and believed in people. And so I think it was like meant to be, do you know what I mean? Like the environment cultivated in me. And then I guess matched with my personality as a people person. I love public speaking, which is the opposite of most people. So I think it was this wonderful mesh of all the things coming together. And it came from like having a job where I didn't feel like I was making a difference. Whereas when I was in university, I had four, I think four jobs at one point on, but one of them was I was an aerobics instructor and I was an aerobics instructor for four years and I loved it. And I loved it because first I got paid to exercise, but second, because uh, people would come up to me and tell me about the difference that my classes were making in their life and how they would feel better and what would help they They had something to look forward to. And then when I had a job where I didn't feel like it directly helped anybody, it gave me the contrast to go, something's gotta change. We gotta go back to this helping people business. How
0: do you stand out in this perhaps crowded industry?
1: In the coaching world? Mm -hmm. It's actually easier than people think it is. The, The easiest way to do it is to actually be yourself. Let me explain though because I think people hear that and it sounds very elusive. But from my experience, most people don't realize the things that make people unique. I would challenge anyone who's listening to this, think about a coach that you've hired or worked with, you bought a course from, you bought a book from, and think about why did you buy it from that person? Why did you work with that person, whatever? And I will guarantee you, obviously across the board, you thought they could help you with whatever problem you wanted solved. But when, if you're a coach, if you're looking for a coach and you've got, you interview coaches and you've got three people who can do the job for you, they can get it done, you hire the person you like the best. That's it, full stop. The person you connect with the most, the person you're like, this is the one. And that is, that comes out when the person really shows who they are. and. That is not always, it's easier said than done because you have to have a lot of confidence in who you are to really like just be out there and not try to be something you think others should be, which I've totally done, or like put on something. You just sort of just be yourself. When I started doing this, I noticed, I I noticed over time and I've been doing it long enough that I have the gift of hindsight feedback. People would tell me like, and I've asked clients, like, why did there's a million and one business coaches now, especially for coaches? Why would you pick me? And they're like, they'll constantly say across the board either. I like your laugh. I like how you're relaxed. I like that. You tell the truth is a very big one. I get a lot. And I like that you are very joyous and you just don't take things too seriously. Like, we'll say those things and particularly the one about the truth because a lot of people um, are very tired of hearing, oh, make a million dollars in a day type messaging. Whereas I'm the opposite of that. And I'm like, listen, this shit is hard work, (laughs) but you can have fun doing that and make a difference and build a great career. (laughs) And I think when people come to that, it's for people who begin to realize that oh, this is something that they really want as a career. They're not just trying it out and they do want to make a difference. But they, and they do want to have fun while doing it, but they also know like that it takes consistent effort. That's the other way that people stand out is the consistency. Most people fall off consist- on consistency. So if you be yourself regularly, like really put yourself out there. For example, like it's when I'm doing like this, how we're talking right now is how I do webinars. It's how I do videos. Like I don't, I'm just like, hey, this is it, which is what you get. There's no surprises when you meet in person or at an event or whatever. So if you can get to that level of comfort with video, with audio, whatever you're doing, and then you combine that with consistency, because most people fall off the consistency wagon when it comes to marketing. Now you're really gonna start to stand apart. And then I think the third thing to stand out, I don't think, I know for sure, is you have to build relationships. Like most people are trying to just post a bunch on social media and get clients. And they're like, coaching doesn't work that way. It's not like you're buying a widget and you see an image and you're like, oh, I need it, that duvet. I'm gonna get this one. It's pretty, it's got some good reviews. That's not how coaching works. You have to build real relationships with real people, which takes real time. And I find that people don't put in the time and effort to really go do that and therefore build a solid foundation of like, true super fans who love them who've gotten results who will vouch for them who will refer them and give yourself the traction you need to get like wherever it is you want to go how do we build those
0: relationships how do we get those super fans
1: one is over deliver like i remember when i had my very first client who was a coach she probably paid me for, I don't know, 30 hours of work. And I'd say I probably worked it for a hundred hours. And the reason there was a couple of reasons. One was I'd never had a coach before and I just loved it, loved it. Two, I just want. So when you're newer, you actually don't know how to get people results. You're learning right along with your client. This is another thing I wish new coaches would get is they think that they should be paid a large amounts of money for a short periods of time. And I'm like, but you don't even know if you're good at this yet. And it takes years to get really good and to figure out what people really want um, in your niche. And so I spent a lot of time with her and I learned a ton. And then I'm always finding ways to do that. Obviously, now that I have a lot more experience, it doesn't take me near as long to help people. But there are ways that you can create a wonderful experience for people so that they feel very taken care of. Um, and cared for. And I think that's a really important part of it. And now I forget the question you asked me. So I think I was going to say something else.
0: I asked, how do we build relationships? How do we get those super fans?
1: Oh, that's, that's the one way. And the second way is you have to genuinely be interested in people. Like you can't say, okay, I'm going to try to get on calls with people so that I can tell them about what I do. No, you have to be a genuine people, person who wants to go to give. And like, one of the things I've always done is I love being a connector. I'll get to know someone and then I'll try to figure out like, Oh, what are you working on? Do you need help with anything? Whatever. And if I know someone or a book or a resource or something that could help them, I'll be like, Hey, I'll hook you up with such and such. And I'll send an introduction email. Or I'll just send them a link to a book that I think would be very good for them. Or, so I think you have to put in the work. To me, it's like business is just like dating. So if you're wanting to build a really good relationship with when you're dating, it takes time. Time is the only thing. It's the only way. You can't do it through gifts. You can't do this. It's time together. And you have to spend time building relationships with the right people, which would be other entrepreneurs, potential ideal clients, letting your current, your current audience, sorry, like network of people know what you do. Like when I, I still go to networking events cause I love them. I built a lot of my business just through networking, going to networking events and trusting, like I'm big on the universe. So I'll be like. All right, send me who I'm supposed to meet and I'll go into a room. Two hours later, I've got five cards, five meetings set up and boom, done. And it's more about, to me, it's quality, not quantity. You can't, like it's not, if you went into a networking event, you should be giving every single person your business card. I think that's a terrible way to do it.
0: (laughs) Do you think that people who say, I want to start a coaching business, I want to become a coach. Do you think that there's a right reason and a wrong reason for entering the business?
1: Yes. And the reason is because it's not, coaching is not like selling. Like I'm looking at some of the stuff, like pens. There are certain things that you can sell in the market that don't have a lot of emotional attachment, shall we say. But if you're gonna become let's everyone listening to this is gonna to know Tony Robbins. So when you look at Tony Robbins for anyone who's been to his really actually been a student of his, been to his events with just dot uh, you can he cares about people. There is no you cannot discredit that. Like the amount of work that he's done, the full filter up where like he is in it because he wants to help people. And all great coaches are like that because you have to be like at some point in time, you can, if you're not, you can, people can read between the lines and people know when people are fake. And I, I really think in the coaching business, uh, you, you really have to be truly there to want to help people first, because if you're not, then what's going to happen is even if you get really good at marketing and can sell stuff. Word will get around because you won't end up following through on helping people and going above and beyond. And your if your intentions aren't there, then you know people talk, word spreads, and you're not going to be business for very long. And, And I think I think coaching is a lot like nursing or teaching or the kind of professions where you feel called to it. Like you're not one day randomly thinking, I don't know, just try coaching. Like what? No, I think every coach I've ever talked to became a coach because their life changed somehow through coaching. And they were like, I need a piece of this action.
0: If I could most benefit from working with you prior to me identifying you as my most ideal coach to work with, what am I going to identify within myself that are, is going on that will be a telltale sign that you're right for me?
1: The biggest thing is that, you want to commit to your business. And I work with coaches in two phases. One is the coach who's trying to get to full-time, which is where the majority of the market is. And then two, there are the coaches who like, they're usually in six or multiple six figures, but they're hustling and exhausted and they need to figure out how to work with more flow or like they're just going to burn out. So in the case of the the latter, the, the close to burnout coach, like they have to want to find a better way. Like they have to decide, I can't keep going the way I'm going, there's gotta be a better way, let's figure that out and I'm ready to do it. For a coach who's trying to get into full-time, you really have to commit. There's, I remember years ago, I went to PLF Live with Jeff Walker and he was on the stage, I'm was telling some story. And I remember he said, 99% is hard, 100% is easy. And I it really stuck in my head and I thought about it a lot. And then I thought about all the different areas of life that that pertains to and when it comes to goal setting and habits and stuff like that, and particularly to business. And I thought to myself, I think most coaches, especially coaches who are not full-time, they are 99% in their business. mean, There's still a percentage of them that are not all in, all in. Because it's the equivalent of when, if you were saying you want to give out junk food, if you're 99% in and someone puts your favorite cake in front of you, you're going to debate it. Should I, should not. I've been so good for a couple of weeks. Maybe I should just have a bite. And then a bite, two bites, three bites, you know what I mean? Whereas if you were 100% in, you'd be like, no thanks. And you'd move on and it'd be easy. And whereas it's hard when you're up for the debate. And this is where that consistency thing come in. Meaning if you're 99% in, and you're like, oh, I really got to get my blog out for tonight. And ugh, I really would rather just go to bed or call my friend or watch Netflix. If you're 99%, you're debating, you probably won't do it. If you're hundred percent, you're like, I'm getting this shit done. Cause that's what coaches get. That's where like a business owner, does they get it done. So I feel for me, I, I only work with people who are hundred percent. They're like, no, I'm all in. Sometimes they hire me because they need to make that 1% shift. And then the accountability and the investment and all that is what helps tip them over to move into that mindset. But that's, And I would say that to anyone who's seriously debating a coach for any area of their life is you got to be ready to go from 99 to 100%. because I think most people are at 99 for a lot of things that they want. And that's why they don't get them.
0: We know that what makes a great coach is the results that they get for their clients. Do you get good results for your clients yeah
1: <laughs> i wouldn't be in business this long if i didn't tell yeah. me what that kind of looks what kind of results it's it's a, a myriad because it depends on what the person comes for so for some people it is optimizing what they already have like for example i had a client come in within one meeting we created a strategy a week later she had 63 new members in her membership done That was one meeting. Whereas like other people, we, I remember one, one client in particular who her breakthroughs that she needed was mindset and uh, she had them. And within, mm, I can't remember. It was like four to six months. She had a full roster of clients. She actually ended up manifesting a vehicle, like a whole bunch of big So it it could be anything for a lot of people too, especially the clients who are already say successful in business, but it's the emotional side, because to me, if you think about how do you create success? And when I say that, I just mean like most people think money and clients is success. But to me, what I've realized is really, if you have money and clients, but you're not enjoying your life and you're stressed out working 18 hour days, like that's not success. That's just like, you created a really bad job for yourself. <laughs> you can't even enjoy the money you're making because you don't have any time for it. So a lot of times I, we work on the emotional stuff because if you show up in your business, so a lot of people I'll talk to you, they'll be, I'll ask them to scale one to 10. Okay. How confident do you feel in your business? Oh, maybe a three or a four or five. How successful do you feel right now? Oh, maybe a four or five, maybe a six. Uh, clear. we'll go through a whole bunch and I, i'll say to them okay like how would it change your business if you were eight nines and tens and these emotions every day you showed up every single day you were confident you were clear you're like I'm fire like and they're like oh we totally changed everything I'm like and that's why we start there and so for a lot of my clients the first goal is moving them up the emotional scale and that in turn changes their behavior Combined with smart strategy, changes the external result. So it depends on where they come to me when they start, but they'll always feel better. And then the financial client result is going to be dependent on what's in place in their business, what do they know, what can, what resources do they have. That's why it's, it's why I don't like overnight sensationalism marketing because everyone's learning curve is different, everyone's resources, network, their ability to receive is different. And their ability to move through all those things is different. And therefore, you can never say to someone, oh, in this amount of time, you'll do this and this because you, nobody knows, only that person knows. And then they don't even know how long is it going to take them to work through different things or break beliefs or whatever. And no matter how many tools you have, you can have a breakthrough about creating lasting change and doing these things and commitment. out of a whole bunch of things. But yeah, those are some of the examples. Moving the emotional scale, obviously getting more. And also better messaging, better marketing, more consistency. That's other things that clients experience. They get better on sales calls. Uh, Almost every client I have increases their prices because everyone's underpriced. Yeah. So things like that.
0: Wow. Yeah. That underpriced deal, we could have a whole show about, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So- Take us home Jennifer what is the one thing that the person listening needs to hear before they continue
1: on their beautiful day be your best case study if you as a coach do the work for yourself in relation to your business will explode because you will be so attractive to people will just want to be around you and want to hire you because you are Exuding your message, you're being it. And what I've found for most coaches is they're not being what they're selling in their business. So if they can do that, the rest will work itself out.
0: Absolutely, perfectly true. So valuable. Thank you, Jennifer Trask, for spending your time, for showing up, for opening up. The founder, creator of the Joyous Journey membership and community. Clearly. <laughs> Carrying her on for <sorry>. it. <laughs> oh no, I was letting that laugh ride out. Cause that's how we're going to end the show. That's going to, that's going to be the edit right there. That's going to take us right into the theme music. Thank you, Jennifer, for, for joining in. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Doesn't it feel great to start something and finish it? I love that feeling. Here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to my website, joshcarrycom podcast, and let me know exactly what you loved most about this episode. What did you learn? What did you discover? What are you going to do next? And I'm going to send you a free gift as my way of saying thanks. I appreciate you taking your time to tune in today. We'll do it again soon.